everyone, this is Rob and Steve here for another exciting episode of the N64U Podcast. Coming at you with high-end amateur reviews and scoring of all your favorite and unknown N64 titles. Today in episode 11, we will be taking a look at one of my personal favorites, 1080. This game was a game I played countless hours of, one-on-one uh, against my brother growing up, and I was ecstatic to get to play this game again as an adult. How about you, Rob? Were you uh, excited to try this one out? I was, and I don't know if I played this game growing up. I don't remember it, but a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about this game. And, you know, I was a little skeptical because I'm like, man, how good could a snowboarding game be? But then I think of like Wave Racer and, you know, how good could a jet ski game be? And it happens to be one of the best games on the system. So uh, I was definitely excited to give this one a shot. Oh my God, this one's, this one's a great race game. And, uh, you know, honestly, comparing this to some of the other racing games we, we, we've even played here so far, this one definitely holds its own as like the clear number one. Um, so I, 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 th- I, think it's, I think it's great. So let's get into it. Could you please remind our beautiful audience of the categories that we'll discuss today? Definitely. Our categories are mechanics, how the game is structured, game played, how the game progresses through that existing structure, followed by difficulty, sound design, visual presentation, and finally, modern day appeal. How well does this game hold up today, and is it a game you'd want to play now? As this is a racing game, we will be leaving out the category of story for today's episode. Alrighty, and with that, let's get into our first category mechanics today, shall we, Rob? Let's do it. Yeah, so... This is obviously a snowboard racing game, and it's uh, more of a simulator game, actually, kind of similar to Excite Bike, which we discussed recently. It has that like hyper realistic uh, kind of simulator vibe to it. Would you? Uh, how, would you agree? Steve? I, I have to. I, I do. Really, honestly. I never would ever have put it in that context, really, but I do think it perfectly fits that mold because at its core, right, it's it, it, it's a racing game, just like Excite Bike. But really, they give you a dose of like realism, unlike most other racing games like an Excite Bike. You know, part of why I didn't like it is I'm just not into that like style of of realistic motorbike race uh, for snowboarding. Totally different story. This this real immersion into a snowboarding type game um i actually think was a very interesting component and probably why it was so popular yeah i i read actually that um miyamoto who kind of oversaw the game he initially wanted this actually to be a skiing game because he's a big fan of skiing and interesting yeah ultimately he skewed towards snowboarding because it was super popular at the time and you know he wanted to capitalize on the trend basically it was totally blowing up right around that era too because like my, like i i even snowboarded around that time and it was probably a lot to do with this game yeah i i snowboarded as well terribly i, I think i went like we got us we me and my brother got snowboards and then we we uh snowboarded like twice i think so that was that's my history with with snowboarding in a nutshell. I love it. It's like everyone that gets that like one skateboard that they use like three or four times, they fall and then like, yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't want to do a thing that causes, uh, that, th- that threatens my, my bones, you know? I fell two feet and yet I snapped my wrist in half. 
Yeah, like I, I'm a I'm a frail guy, Steve. I can't be out there doing extreme sports. You know, that's why I'm here playing Hell video no. games, and and that's why I'm uh, making podcasts about video games instead of uh, skateboarding. Out of doubt. That like we, we had to be at least a bit of it in, into a kid to avoid that injury, right? Oh my gosh, I, I, uh, I was an indoor kid to the max. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back right at home, baby. All right, so uh, give me give me another point, uh, um, another big mechanic for you, Rob, that you really enjoyed about this game. Well, one thing I liked is that they offered a decent amount of game modes. Uh, I th- I think this game would have suffered if they kind of just stuck to want just regular old one-on-one matches with the computer, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Co- coincidentally, one of my favorite modes is the match mode, which depending on your difficulty, there's like an easy, medium and hard. You'll play four to six races one-on-one with a computer. And if you beat the computer, you advance to the next course and you basically have three lives or three chances to uh, make it all the way through. And I, I liked that mode probably the most because it was, I felt like it had the most, the most was on the line, you know, like it was the a threat uh, of someone else winning, it, like it, uh, more urgency to it. Well, yeah. And then like, you know, when I was first starting out, I was playing the easy mode and you have three chances to beat four tracks and you'll be on the last track and you only have one life. And it really like brings the intensity when you're like, man, if I, if I don't win this race, then I have to start from the beginning again. So it, it does have that like threat to it. I do like it too. And it's like, uh, it's a, always like a head to head thing where it's like win and move on as well. So I, I do kind of, I do kind of like that element of it. If you beat it, you make it the next way. So like any given race, like maybe four deep, you get one loss and you're out. I kind of like that. Like, I like the fact that there's a threat of, of, of elimination, uh, with a one loss, you know? Right. So what, what mode would you say was, was your favorite? So I definitely I do like the um the head, the matchup that you you've talked about but my favorite without a doubt is the contest option. Now the contest option is much more in line with like what you might see on the uh, Olympics actually when they're racing downhill by themselves and you have to stay within left or right of a red or blue flag and as you pass those flags, you sort of have to uh, gain like three or four, fi- three or four seconds on the clock because it's a timed race since you're by yourself. And the objective ultimately is to continue to be on the right side of those flags, um, maintain that time and finish the race. Now, as you finish each race, it's kind of similar to that um, matchup mode where you move on to instead of another opponent, you just move on to the next level. Um And honestly, what I loved about that, too, as well, is though there's shortcuts everywhere throughout these courses, you essentially get penalized if you take them because you have to follow the path wherever the flags are on. So interesting element. Definitely my favorite mode in the game, um, for sure. Do you like that one at all, Rob? That one's pretty good. Yeah, they they throw in the um, like the uh, half pipe, the half pipe stage, as well as like the big jump to kind of 
as a bonus. Those are fun, but ultimately, this I don't know, the tricks, maybe it's just nowadays the trick portion was not as fun for me as it was when I was a kid, so I, I, I didn't love them on this run-through. Yeah, the, the game definitely skews towards the racing aspect more than the trick aspect. Um, they do offer two trick courses, which I just alluded to. They, they give you the half pipe as well as kind of this big-ass jump that you can go off of and just do a, a, a string of tricks. But, um, the, you know, the, the tricks are kind of second stage in this game for sure. That ski jump level, actually bringing that up. Uh, interesting that you say that this was, uh, originally designed as a ski game because like in real life, you don't go off the big jump on a snowboard. That's only for skis. So interesting that it was supposed to be a ski game and this sort of creeped into the game. Yeah, right. I I don't know how much of it was ever a ski game. I think just conceptually it was kind of thought to be that in the beginning, but yeah. But I agree, yeah. It's, you know, usually when I think of giant snowy jumps, I think of skiing. Yeah. I I agree 100%. Beyond that, uh in terms of game modes, there's your standard like time trial mode where you just race by yourself and try to beat your personal best on a particular course and then they also have the trick attack where you perform tricks is fun, but very difficult. I think you need a lot of time put in to be good at that. The trick attack, you know what I mean? Like if you have some time dedicating a good to the game, I think then you can crush it on the trick attack mode. Well, and this is my favorite part of every episode, Steven, but I have to ask, did you play the training? I never play training, but here's the, here's the thing with this one. Truthfully, I did not need the training despite, um, probably being like 15 years since I last played this game. Um, I picked it up and could remember for the, for the most part, the touch and feel of, of, of the overall, um, how you do the tricks, how you make your movements and everything like that. The only thing that I could not grasp well um was actually landing it took me forever to start landing properly it just for some reason that's the only element of it that i i couldn't like smoothly remember how to do so so two things first the the uh the training was just in i'm pretty sure excite bike was the same way but the training is actually just for tricks basically as far as i could tell you go through and it shows you how to do all the tricks so that's the only reason I knew how to do anything was was from the training. I, I could see that being necessary if you've never played it. Like it is not a pick up and play game in terms of the in terms of the controls, which I think we would have we would have both said for Excite Bike as well. Yes, I agree. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to say was, did you know that if you press the crouch button just as you're about to land, that helps you uh land better basically yeah so it took me like i was playing this for a few days and it took me to like the third day of playing it before i remember that that was what you needed to do because again there was no way i was going into training mode especially in a game that i played all the time as a kid and uh yeah you don't want to embarrass your past self yeah, exactly. Um, but every time I go into like like trick attack mode, right? I used to be killer at that as a kid, and I could not land tricks for for crap because I just failed to land so often. So I eventually just stuck back to the racing and and not even doing tricks too much when I was racing. 
Yeah, we're just old and stiff and, you know, we're on our way to arthritis. So, you know, we just can't we can't trick like we used to, Stephen. We've lost the flexibility, I would say. <laughs> so uh, other than the the various modes, of course, you have your 1v1 multiplayer and uh, you got your five playable characters, several boards to choose from. And, and of course, the boards and the characters all have their different strengths and weaknesses and one thing i had to bring up is the american guy in this game is named rob so i consider that a great honor and of course rob is one of the greatest american names so it it does only make sense it's a solid uh real american name (laughs) thanks steve i appreciate that I got uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, too, and I, um, you mentioned the characters in, in the boards and such. Uh, interesting note, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there is an unlockable character. Um, and additionally, there is an unlockable costume, let's say. Um, and then one or two unlockable board. I think it might just be one unlockable board. Um, I uh, Younger years, I used to... Uh, be able to get this. And I, I couldn't remember the life of me how to actually go about unlocking any of this stuff. And so I looked it up. This game, interesting. These like unlockables were so crazy specific tasks. It's unreal. It was like, oh, you have to use this specific character in this specific level and finish like in this manner with this point score. It was pretty crazy. But um, basically, if you play one player mode and you get all the way to the end of contest, you play against this like silver surfer looking dude. And you can basically unlock him as a as a playable character, but you have to do something like wicked specific, like in trick attack mode. Yeah, I you had mentioned that there was some unlockable stuff. So I did look online to see how you do it. And it just honestly seemed like a lot. So it I was a lot for sure. In. Yeah, I, I didn't put the effort in to unlock anything, which uh, I don't know if this really falls under mechanics or gameplay, but. I feel like this is one of the aspects of the game that I thought fell a little bit short is that there wasn't, you know, you start off with five characters, some boards, and what is it, like six courses? I think uh, the two, two I trick think six. courses. Yeah. Um, it just felt like there wasn't a lot of variety and in, in racing games, especially. Like I need a bunch of courses or else I just don't have the desire to to keep picking the game up over and over again. I, I do agree in, in current day. I, I, I it, It's too much to get the unlockables and the game is fun enough without it, in my view. Um, so, yeah, unless you're really like dedicated, you know, something something you don't necessarily have to do. Um, but, yeah, actually, Rob, I actually think that that topic um it's definitely more of a gameplay item, so I think why not continue into that category um, uh, unless you have anything else in mechanics. No, let's do it. Awesome. Um, so in terms of gameplay, one of the things that I actually found most interesting was in um, the match mode. I love the element of damage to the player. So as you're racing against an opponent, you have a meter that if you fall X amount of times or bump into a tree or any variety of items or not, don't land a trick, you accrue damage on your character. And if eventually you get too much damage, you essentially forfeit the race. Um, 
interesting element for a racing game. I don't think you really saw a ton of this uh, in a lot of racing games at the time, and it was honestly one of my favorite features of, of the gameplay here. I agree. It was very... It was a nice touch, and you definitely don't see it in other racing games. Uh, I can think of F-Zero as the first one that, that pops into my head, but you... I think that's the only one. Yeah, it's the only one I can think of. And that and it's kind of cool because, you know, it, it prevents you from racing like a maniac, you know, because you can... Definitely. You... you there's consequences, I guess, for falling down because you can hold down that Z button, which spoiler alert helps you go much faster at the expense of your turning radius. I really like that you, that you put it in the, in the manner of, um, of of having consequences. Because did you play a lot of different characters? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Steve. I mostly played as Rob. Okay, so uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. First, I for some reason when you play this game, like I my whole life have pretty much only used one character. And one thing that I will really say, speed for sure, especially if you start picking around characters. Every character's stats, um, which is a pretty important feature of the gameplay here. Each character has stats, uh, different turning stats, different speed stats, all these different things. And in addition to that. Every board you choose has stats. So this sort of like that of consequences is actually with the damage meter sort of levels out the playing field of this particular game because some characters are just like outstandingly faster than the other character and like not even comparably fair. So like my favorite character has always been Dion Blaster and he legit is by far the fastest character in the game. As you know, I love to just like ram through games. You know, whether it's a racing game, I don't do training mode. I move. I like to move fast. Um, and it's not necessarily a good thing because you can frequently damage yourself out of one of those levels. Yeah, you don't have a last name like Blaster without being basically the fastest snowboarder alive. It's like Usain Bolt. Does, does Usain Bolt, uh, does, does he snowboard, Steve? No, but he's fast. <laughs> and his last name is Bolt, like a bolt of lightning. Right, right. Do you th is I have a question though. Is is Bolt on his birth certificate? Just out of curiosity. I have no idea. I'm not that deep into running. I just know he's won a bunch <laughs> of medals and he's the fastest man on earth. Yeah, so it, there definitely are consequences to being be, because honestly, one thing I do like about this game is when you fall, it if you don't eat shit too bad, you can actually recover kind of quick. Like you can get up pretty quick and just keep racing and you don't even lose that much speed. So you, if you don't have that falling, that damage meter, then you can kind of just speed your way through the race and kind of just, just kind of half ass your way through the race. And the game instead rewards technical skill and patience and kind of picking your spots and this was actually kind of a cool strategic element of the game is when you're going down a straightaway you want to hold down that z button get that crouch pick up that speed and then oh all of a sudden you're hitting a bunch of curves so you gotta kind of hold uh, or back off the the crouch so that you can maintain your your turning radius 
but there it, it's pretty fun to be like, oh, I have like a few seconds before I have to turn. So I'm going to just crouch a little bit to pick up a little bit of speed. It's, it was pretty nice. fun. And yeah, it was a cool like strategic element and it, it definitely helped keep the, uh, the, the, the gameplay feeling kind of fast and, and fresh and exciting. I think that's a big factor why this game was so popular, honestly. Like, that was different than any other racing game at the time. Like, that that sort of quickness. And it's like, like that being able to get up and go and change really quickly, I think, is very important to um, why you can keep on coming at this game, even with so few levels. Right. And, and just before I forget it, because, you know, we were talking about falling down and taking damage. Uh, another aspect of the gameplay is that if you collide with another racer you can you sometimes you just kind of look really pissed off but sometimes you actually fall down and this took me back to excite bike a little bit where you have like six racers and it's incredibly easy you know these really thin courses and it's really easy to bump into people and, and fall over constantly so that's one true thing that i will one thing i'll say that speaks to the advantage of this game is because it's only one-on-one racing, you don't run into that issue as much where you're just bumping into people. Like, say, say uh, uh, 1080 snowboarding was a four-player game. I think the game would have been significantly worse. 100%. It would have been way too much. Yeah, that just, like, bumping into each other thing would have really taken away from an otherwise really good game well it, it's interesting you say that too because with excite bike right you you must have at least six characters on the on the course and the courses are infinitely smaller than they are here on 1080 1080 is huge but i do think part of the fun of that game is the quickness the speed the quick recovery the easy moving you can't do that with four people on the course you'd be even with the much larger course four people that you would lose a lot in that speed and it would also hurt hurt the damage element significantly as well right and i i assume they they thought of all of that and you know the races are definitely intense they draw you in you know they do this like really immersive experience and you're kind of just like bobbing and weaving through the through the snow and you know the, the second that you get other people involved you're focusing more on trying to avoid people than what really makes this game shine which is the really intense maneuverability of the game and trying to maneuver your way through obstacles and and all of that and taking your your turns that like the focus of being on the individual movements and and maneuverability i do think allows other modes to be just as fun and in my opinion more fun even than the match mode like right that um contest mode that i described where you have to like go on each side of of those 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 flags um it does speak to the fact that you can play it by yourself and it like be addicting in terms of um still very fun because they're focusing so hard on like how quick are you able to turn can you recover those sort of tasks so i do think it does lend it to be fun in all modes outside of match mode even now speaking of so that that's something that's something nice. Let's let's talk about an aspect of this game that is kind of forgettable in my opinion, and that's Please. the trick system. The the tricks the tricks are pretty cool actually. They're they're intuitive for the most part if you do the training and you kind of learn how to do all the grabs, you have some rotational moves, but at the end of the day, other than playing the trick attack, 
just like Excite Bike, there there are absolutely no reason to do tricks. You don't get any points or anything like in Snowboard Kids. You get benefits from doing tricks, but uh, doing tricks in uh, 1080 snowboarding basically you're just going to hurt yourself. You're increasing the likelihood of falling and, and damage nothing from it. So of course, you know, if you're nasty at this game and you want to do some tricks to show off, but what I've learned is, uh, when you go off of jumps, you lose speed and you're better off. If you see a jump coming to just kind of skirt around it, because going off that jump is going to slow you down. So I want to interject here because for the most part in current day, I agree with you that there's more like vastly more negative to the trick system in general. And and I would even fully admit that this trick system was a secondary after after the fact thought um, to this game compared to like how good the maneuverability is. and. I think that it's only worth doing the tricks if you're nasty at this game. And I will say, when I was a kid and I used to play this like hours on end with my brother, I was freaking nasty at this game. And the showboating element cannot be discredited because it is totally worth it when you're playing one-on-one to rub it in someone else's face that, yeah, I just did a 40-spin tail grab while you fell and broke your neck, you know? Um, Outside of that, the other thing I would also say, too, is I actually do think once you're really good with tricks, there is actually uh, an element of speed increase. Now, I'm not saying that defaultly happens, you have to be maintaining like a lap of no falls. And like, if you're going off on that first crystal Lake map, there's this huge cliff you drop off, jump off of. And a lot of the times doing the trick, if you're just doing a one-off trick, like while facing forward, there's no benefit to it. If you go off that, jump at full speed and just literally rotate your control stick so you're constantly spinning and doing one or two tricks it actually gives you an increase in speed so that's the only thing i would uh, yeah so that's the only amendment i would say while otherwise almost overwhelmingly agree with you that it's not worth it because i haven't played again in like 15 years and i could not master the tricks not because i didn't know how to do the tricks but because i just had trouble landing and um so I ultimately, current day, I just need, I, I haven't put the time in to get good at the game, but if you get good at the game, the tricks do have a little benefit. Gotcha. Okay. I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't notice that the tricks gave you any additional speed. So that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing is like, if you just, it's like a momentum build thing. Like if you're spinning and moving it, like it does actually help you. Um, but again, it's so hard to get to that point to make it help you. And the increase is only so minor that I do think at the end of the day, it's mostly you can win without it. So I I guess the last thing I have to say in terms of the gameplay or maybe two things is, uh, just to touch briefly on the actual gameplay of of the the courses themselves basically the course design i thought although was really good i thought it was overall just kind of meh Um, very plain yeah you know you're the game was definitely focusing on the actual gameplay more so than than the courses i think Uh, and it was a lot of and i i don't know the 
what the unlockable courses looked like, but the 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 normal four courses that you start out with are as you can probably predict just snowy mountains that you ski down yeah. and you know you can't really fault a snowboarding game for just being full of snowy mountains because that's just what people snowboard down but i did really like a lot of the nonsensical tracks like in snowboard kids where you're a like great comparison snowboarding over like uh piano keys and things like that you know that's i i appreciate the kind of nonsensical and creative aspect of that and i i think you know again i can't fault the game too much for not having stuff like that but it would have been nice to have a bit of variety there or like a village in the background or something because it does kind of i do agree it does kind of like whitewash the whole look like they are staying true to what what you would probably see in you know a real snowboarding course which is again i i, I agree with you you can't you can't fault them for it um but it does sort of get a little bland and in my complaint with the so uh, are you okay if we maybe discuss visual uh, as well here right now, just because we, I don't think there's a lot outside of this um, in terms to discuss visually. Are you okay with that? I'll allow it. Awesome. Um, I would say my only real complaint um, other than the plainness with the visuals is that in the early levels is that they sort of um copycat themselves so if you play the first level i i, I remember the name well as crystal lake i can't remember this it's like two or three courses later you play another uh heavy snow level and you get to a certain point where you're uh focusing in on the end of the race and they use the exact same overpass system that you have to go through the exact same jump system visually and uh the redundancy i think was a little bit lame in terms of uh development so i didn't love that either yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about. That same overpass that they they reused. I was like, yeah, it's it's a it's a little lazy. I I agree. It, it comes off lazy. I will say that I think the courses. One thing that the N64 or developers for the N64 often succeeded with, if they tried, was actually doing less. And I guess what I'm trying to say is this was a, a time where video games were evolving, right? And we're really trying to push the envelope a lot of the times. And those are the games that did not age as well. And I know we've talked about this with, you know, like Yoshi's story and, and Paper Mario. They, I think they took a smart route by making the courses look kind of, you know, they, they didn't sign up for more than they could deliver. And because of that, although, yeah, it looks a little bland today, it looks a lot better and has aged a lot better than a lot of games from that era just because they weren't trying to do more than they could. That's spot on. And I think it's something we do talk about a lot <clears throat> as we play different games. And you're right. They did less here and it is objectively plain and in some cases a little lazy, but they are without a doubt some of the best looking games in current day. And like when you compare this visually to like Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Kazooie did a lot and didn't necessarily age appropriately everywhere. I think across the board this aged to be a fun, um, acceptably looking game now. Steve, was the banjo kazooie comment necessary? I feel like uh, I feel like you came at me right there. <laughs> a little bit. I had to get a little digging. 
I don't have much more for visual. Um, and we did uh, skip over difficulty. Would you mind getting into difficulty next? Yeah. So I got to say, 1080 snowboarding was actually pretty challenging to start off, uh, especially as someone who, who didn't play it growing up. It was difficult and challenging, but in a good way. It takes practice to get good, which can be said for actual snowboarding, I assume. I only snowboarded twice, but I assume that if I kept doing it, I probably would have got better. And the game makes it fun to practice and to play over and over again. And, you know, some games are really not fun until you get good. But the process of getting good in this game was very fun. I think you're spot on with your like depiction of the difficulty. Like I do think this game initially is very, very difficult, but like it is rewarding as you learn to play it. And like even getting my bearings, like playing it a little bit now, um, it was very rewarding. And it's like, it's interesting how for the most part, anything can happen to the uh, computer you're playing against. And on any given rate, it's like racing, like almost racing more closely to like uh, someone in person where it's like anything can happen at any given time. It keeps it competitive for you. At no point is it so hard. It discourages you. Um, and I do think there's a progression per level, especially in match mode. There's a progression of how difficult each level is and how difficult each character is uh that is like correlated to like how you would improve as you play more of this game so i i I think the difficulty was one of the best elements of it because it kept you coming for more and it was not easy and it was rewarding as you learned to play more difficult levels and matches yeah it's it's definitely a stark contrast to kirby 64 which definitely definitely played and just felt like a slog because of how simplistic it was and with 1080 you know it's not exactly pick up and play but it doesn't take too long to learn the ropes you know i was playing for a few hours and then i was i was doing pretty good beating the computers uh and the only other thing i'll say about difficulty which we mentioned earlier is the falling mechanic i think adds like a nice bit of difficulty where yes if you you know if you take your damage uh and i don't think we actually mentioned this but if you fill up your damage meter if you fall enough or make contact with uh, obstacles or other racers enough and your damage meter fills up then then you lose the race so you we you totally really have mentioned to that you just don't pay attention to me <laughs> 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 Sorry, Steven. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's okay. But I actually, no, I, I honestly, I agree with you. I think that that damage meter does add a wicked cool inter- interesting element of difficulty because then when you win the race, when you have like one bar of damage left, it's like so rewarding, especially if it like you lower that damage meter early on. I had a race I was playing the other day. I probably got my damage meter down to like one or two, like within the first half of the race, which meant I basically had to race a perfect race the rest of the way to win and still beat my opponent. And And it's wicked rewarding when that happens, but a very interesting element of difficulty. Yeah, the, I feel like the game does a good job at putting you in these situations where, you know, you are hanging on by a thread and you have to really like hyper focus to make sure that you race perfectly 
to achieve whatever goal it is that you're trying to achieve. I think for me, that wraps it up just about uh, in a bow tie for difficulty. Would you say so, Rob? I agree. Yep. Awesome. So let's now get into sound design. I think this one's probably going to be a relatively quick category. Um, but I'd like to start with you, Rob, because you you mentioned um, before we got on today that you um, didn't think the sound design was super strong here. What did you think about it? Uh, the music, I, I'll be honest, I, I really liked this game quite a bit. I feel like so much attention was put into the the, into this game but the sound design specifically the soundtrack and the 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 course music was just not great to me it just felt like uninspired the tracks were wicked repetitive and kind of just awful on some courses where it was just like four notes repeating like it was a like a nes game or something and you know, the only redeeming part for me was that work your body song that plays in the character selection screen. I was That's like, like, one of my favorite awesome. ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is awesome. Why is that? Why doesn't that song just play through all the races? Because it would have been better than the music that this, this game uh, provided to us. You know, you, you can tell that the developers put a lot of effort into it, but for whatever reason, the music just didn't seem to get the same attention. So before I get into my overall uh, comments on the sound, I, I got to address the work your body song. So as a 10 year old kid or whatever it was when, when I when this game came out, you, I freaking loved that song. And I would be like walking around the house all the time, like doing this head bob thing, going work your body and work your body. I love that song. That song is like the greatest thing that's happened to me. Oh, man, that's actually kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, but uh, honestly, I I do agree with Rob. The sound design isn't anything like overwhelmingly special, but I do think for me, I, I have a certain nostalgia of it, and and I I definitely enjoy it. And it, and it you know, it was fun. It was a little quiet. It was definitely secret secondary. Um, nothing to ride home about, but I, I, I didn't hate it. And, and maybe it's just because of a nostalgia factor, but I thought it was, it was a okay soundtrack. Yeah. It just, it, it was definitely the, the weak part of an otherwise great game for me. All right. So let's get into our final category today, modern day appeal. And, um, I have to say for me personally, I think this game holds up awesome in today's environment and i think would make an excellent game to add to your library to play in current day and this is something that nintendo just has to figure out how to put this on the switch this game is excellent and would have so much fun playing this today on an online element with people i think this would be an incredible game um for anyone to play today and i would highly highly recommend it um in today's environment yeah, and while we're waiting for it to get put on the Switch, it's a, you know, a $10 game usually. So if you're in a retro video game store and you're looking for a new game for your system, definitely pick this one up because you can't really go wrong at that price point. Definitely not. Um uh, and and I agree that it it does hold up really well. You know, it's a really good-looking game, really good racer models. 
Um, they there are a lot of great effects, like the way that you know when you're when you're racing and you're taking a turn and you put your hand in the snow and the snow shoots up. It's it's a uh, they put a lot of effort into the visual aspect of the game. The game controls really well. The races are fun and intense. You know they got the multiplayer option, which is great if you're looking for that. Um, the game is definitely challenging, but rewarding when you get the hang of it. And, and of course, the, the only two things that I'd, I'd have to say is I don't personally feel like the game has the best replay value just due to the lack of content. And the soundtrack is bad. So other than that, I'd say this game overall has a lot of modern appeal for me. And what would you give this in, uh, for a final score today, Rob? Out of five, I gave 1080 Snowboarding a 3.7. So I went a little higher. I obviously have a nostalgia factor here for sure that you're going to weigh in on this. But uh, I, I, I I disagree a little bit with Rob. I think uh, I think um, it does have a little bit more uh, replay value. I, I think if you're just if as you get better at the game, I think it does. It does give you a lot of that replay value. And I gave this uh, score of 4.2, giving us an overall N64 U rating of 3.9. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of the N64U podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like us on Facebook via our N64U, a retro gaming podcast page, or follow us on Instagram for all of the latest updates and announcements. And don't forget to subscribe and rate slash review us on your favorite podcasting app, which will keep you up to date on our latest episodes and help us reach more lovely people such as yourself. And if you have any questions or comments, please shoot us an email at n64upodcast at gmail.com and we'll read it out on the show. This is Rob and Steve signing off from your home for all things N64 here at the N64U Podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back right at home, baby.